0: And here we are. We are on Jefferson, right in front of Manny's. Manny's, the Chicago institution. I'm here with co-owner Dan Raskin. And as we're recording this, I'm looking at the notes that I typed up on my Samsung Galaxy S8 phone, which runs on the Boost Mobile network. Boost Mobile, a proud sponsor of CarCone Carne. Uh, BoostMobile.com. My entire family is on Boost Mobile. Uh, all of our phones we got from Boost Mobile. It is the cheapest game in town. The service is exceptional. The data speeds lightning fast. Boost Mobile. It's Car Con carne. Let's meet in the car. It's Car Con carne. And now here's the star of our show. James Benata. Okay, so Dan, we're here in front of You're joined Now there is so much history here I don't even know where to begin I I mean I'll tell you My history with Manny's And I'm sure you hear these stories All the time But I remember as a kid Growing up in Skokie My grandparents lived in Lincolnwood And we would make Regular At least once a month Trips down here My grandfather got his Suits and blazers From a place called Benjamin's Around the corner Yep And uh, it would be like And he always was buying New suits and blazers So we'd always come down He'd get them tailored And it'd be a, a You know one-two stop. we do the Benjamin's trip and then we would do the Manny's trip where we would just load up on Rubens and potato pancakes. And I mean, ever since then, I mean, it was really cool. Maybe 10 years ago, I took my kids who were much younger, obviously 10 years younger, uh, took them to the Ringling Brothers Circus at the United Center. I thought, this is it. I get to take them to Manny's for the first time. And it was so cool because this is what I grew up doing as a kid. And I got to kind of pass it on to a New generation in my family, and they talk about Manny's and want to go to Manny's all the time. I, I'm sure you hear that kind of stuff all the time.
1: That's exactly why I wanted to be in the business. I mean, I literally growing up talking to the customers, um, hearing the stories. I literally continuing on to the tradition is exactly why I I love the restaurant and I wanted to keep doing it. It was like like in my day it's so busy trying to to organize my employees get enough food but literally the best part is talking to the employees and hearing these kinds of stories.
0: Well we just uh, we did a quick Facebook
1: live tour of the restaurant. One of the guys working behind the counter has worked here for 35 years. Yep. I mean we've had been fortunate enough to keep these people for a long time. Um they're family to us. It's not it's not just employees to us. I, I bet he's got some stories. He does. I mean <laughs> I think that that was one of the best things about coming into work is that I had these people who were working here for so long and they've adapted a lot of things that I've wanted to do. But they've also were able to teach me um, 20 years before I was here, like how they were doing things. And they literally remember employees, customers that have been coming in since they started working. Sure. So it's, it's pretty cool.
0: Let's talk a little bit
1: about the history. Manny, Manny's has been here since 1942 Right. I'm fourth generation. Uh, we've been in business since 1942. Jack and Charlie Raskin actually started the restaurant. And then in uh, they moved around in a little a bit. We were on uh, the far north side of the city, then the west side of the city for, for a few years. And then we really settled down this neighborhood in the late 40s. And um, we've been in this location since 1965. But we've really grown a lot. We we're literally one 1,500 square foot store. Mm-hmm. And now we've uh, taken over six of them.
0: This area has transformed over the past decade or so. Back when Manny's opened
1: in mid-60s, I'm guessing the area was a little more... It was very different. I mean, <laughs> I. I it, it was always known as a rough neighborhood. There was mm-hmm. literally a nighttime that was not the place to really hang out. Uh, there was a lot of uh, family-owned businesses in the area and also a lot of family-owned businesses on the west and south side that were basically like food deserts. So mm-hmm. we were the, the fur- furthest thing south and west from the city, so we'd get a lot of people who were driving in that would stop in for breakfast and lunch, and then they'd go home on their way home.
0: Why do you think Manny's has endured as long as it has?
1: I would definitely say uh, the family, like My my dad and my grandfather that they really thought it was important to be here all the time, and we're not absentee owners. A lot lot of restaurants open up and they just hire some management and they they don't show their face. But it's in our family, it's important that someone is always here, and it it really makes sure that the customer gets the best experience, that our our employees have the best experience, and um, it's. That's definitely our formula to success and really not changing any, any of the quality of anything. When, when food costs go up, instead of going for something smaller or, or less money, we just keep selling the, the the best quality that we can get.
0: And the food here is so good. It's ridiculous. I've always wondered, or I always thought about this, Chicago, for as big as its Jewish population is, just as big as the population is, I've always been surprised there haven't been more prominent Jewish delis. I mean, we've seen some come up. Is it because Manny's has scared them all away? I would, I hope not.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I think the more delis, the the better for everybody. I mm-hmm. mean, for us, for everyone, I, I think it's uh, the formula of the the rents, the, the staff, the food cost is extremely high in the deli business. You're giving um, very large meat portions and mm-hmm. You can only charge so much. So if I charge thirteen dollars for a sandwich and the steakhouse charges forty dollars for a steak, the the costs are almost the same between the steak and in our sandwich, mm-hmm. and the they're making thirty bucks on me. So it, it's tough to do.
0: Interesting perspective. Now, before we started recording, you said you have a philosophy about right. about agreeing to interviews.
1: So oh, about in the in the mid eighties, uh, when my dad was really taken. Uh, My grandfather had just passed away. My dad was really taking over the reins. Um, He was approached by a woman that he had never heard of named Oprah Winfrey. (laughs) And uh, she wanted him to come on a show and and do something on family businesses. And uh, he was really busy. He was, didn't really want to take the time out of his day to go do something. And he, for some reason, turned her down. And a few years later, he was so busy in his daily routine. Like, he still didn't realize who she was. And then literally maybe like two or three years later, he was like, he realized who she was because he didn't even know. And uh, he said after that, he's never turning anything down. And when I came to work, he told me the story. And he said, I hope you never turn anything down either. So uh, I, uh, I, I try to do every press opportunity, any opportunity to share our story um, with anyone big or small.
0: I love that. I think that's a great philosophy. Now, given that this is the family
1: business, this long-running family business, did you even have a choice? I did. Um, I, I'm one of four siblings, and all of us had the opportunity to come here. I, I knew from about the time I was in high school that this is for sure what I wanted to do. And I, my dad said, you have to go to college and, and then you can come work for me. So I went to college. I love that he said that. Yeah. He thought it was really important that if the restaurant wasn't here, but also the experiences from college would hopefully help the business grow, which sure, I definitely think it has. But we, uh, I went to college and I graduated, went to, I know, remember going to graduation party the next day and then showed up to work the next day <laughs> and been here since.
0: I, I want to bust open the food in a second, but what's the hardest part of day-to-day operations here?
1: I think it's managing your time um, between running the business, my family, and mm. like just being a regular person. Like there's, you work literally twenty-four hours, seven days a week, and. You, you still need to have a life, so it's it's difficult yeah. to do. Finding but, that balance and you're right. open seven so, days a week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a struggle. I mean, especially in the last year we opened on Sundays. We were never open on Sundays. And I my parents were like, hey, you understand that this is gonna take away the only day off that you can enjoy <laughs> and my feeling was is that we just needed to be more accessible to our customer. And and our customers really wanted to come on a Sunday and I, I knew that if I wanted the longevity of the restaurant to stay around, we need more people saying, hey, I came here with my family. I can yeah. remember my dad, my grandfather taking me. And this was the best way to do it was to be more accessible to, to people with the neighborhood changing and the city changing that this, the weekends, the city, is, the city is busier than ever. And 15 years ago, the city was deserted on the weekends. Yeah. So we just we, we've had the change around the, the changing of the city.
0: Makes sense. All right, so let's let's start eating. All right. The the thing I think that I'm, I'm amazed with is the fact that you got yourself a sandwich. You're here all day, every day, and you are ready to plow through one of your sandwiches. Do you ever like take a break on pastrami or, or corned beef or?
1: Who wants a break from that?
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, so one of the things I mentioned in our Facebook live stream, the thing about ordering a sandwich at Manny's, you watch the guys behind the counter prepare the sandwich. They put the meat on the bread and then they just keep putting meat on the bread like it doesn't stop it is it is this relentless onslaught of beef and I'm not complaining I'm saying this is a wonderful thing uh, but seriously Dan, this is the heaviest to go container I've ever
1: carried that's what people want they want a big sa- big quality sandwich so we give it to them
0: mission accomplished and the potato pancakes the latkes um, are so good and we have do we get sour cream and applesauce? Yeah, oh, my gosh. We were saying earlier, it's hard to commit to one of the two. Uh, tradition dictates you, you're an applesauce person or a sour cream person with the potato pancakes. I go half and half.
1: That, that's the way to do it. You get mm-hmm. you
0: get the best of everything. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. Are there some in there for you? Yeah. Okay. All right. So tell me, I guess, first about your pastrami.
1: Because you got you got the combo there, right? So I'm I'm a big pastrami fan, but um, it's pretty fatty, so I need to mm-hmm. mellow it out a little bit with the corned beef. And
0: oh my gosh, it looks so good! The, the fat on the pastrami behind the line. Oh my gosh!
1: Look at that! Look at that! So you you can't go wrong with the combo
0: combo and rye. You really the smell I mean this is it this is an aphrodisiac the, the the way it's like those old cartoons you remember where you'd see like the scent fingers come down the hall and they'd hook someone by the nose and drag them back down the hall <laughs> that's what I'm getting right now are the scent fingers wafting up from these carryout containers alright I'm, I'm gonna start with the potato pancake I'm, I'm just gonna, digging right into the meat there's no way to finish this sandwich in one sitting right
1: yeah you can
0: you gotta commit you got to go all in. You
1: just have to make sure you have nothing to do after.
0: Yeah, exactly. You can use a cup holder. Not that soda hasn't been spilled on my floor before. (laughs) So much political history in and out of these doors through the years. Politico's going for lunch. Aldermen chatting over a corned beef. The most high-profile... People have been actual, real-life, no-kidding presidents. Yep,
1: yeah, we've been fortunate enough to have uh, President Clinton and uh, President Obama as customers.
0: Like, Obama came here right after his uh, his rally, after he won. The
1: yeah, 08. So, so when he went to Grant Park for his rally, the next day he uh, just stayed in the federal building all day planning. And the next day we are the first planned press conference um, out in public. So we literally had like 75 people from the World Press Corps here. Oh, my God. And he came through eight. And I remember they were so worried about the auto shutdown with the auto industry and the bailout. Mm-hmm. So that was like what everybody was asking him. What were they going to do with the bailout? What are you going to do with the bailout? But he was like like, super nice, um, Like, took pictures with everybody, got his food. It was just like a great experience.
0: So how does that work with a president? Like how much heads up do you get that, hey, President Obama is going to be coming by?
1: So usually the, the less we, we find out as close to the time as possible because they have to do less work. Mm. So they're, they're like, with him and Clinton, both of them, we found out within a few minutes that them actually coming. So That makes sense. It, it, was, it was much easier for us that we didn't have to have the Secret Service um, screening everything. When George Bush was president, he was actually scheduled to come in, and we had the Secret Service in the restaurant for two days checking everything. And then he ended up getting sick and didn't come in. But since it was a planned thing, everybody was here for, like, two days before. Mm-hmm. They were checking through all the employees and everything. Oh, man. So, and then they didn't even come. So it was actually a relief that we didn't know that they were coming this time because it was just, like, they just showed up.
0: So Obama came after
1: he won, but he also came here before, like, when right. he was a state senator. He was, like, a state senator coming in. Um, he, he literally... Would come here. A lot of politicians come here for meetings because it's a a meeting point throughout the whole city. Mm -hmm. So whether you're on the north side, the west side, or the south side, it's it's very convenient to meet. And the food's great. It's right off the expressway. Yeah, it's right off the expressway. We have plenty of parking, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's just like a melting pot. It's not like you're going to a a fancy steakhouse. You can can sit here for a while. We don't give you a hard time, Mm -hmm. but um, it's just become a hangout for everybody.
0: Have you ever had some of our evil governors, our our incarcerated governors? We've had everybody.
1: We, 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 we like everybody visiting. Whether, whether, we don't know if they're good or bad until later. but Whatever what, the end of their story might yeah, be. Yeah, usually when they're eating here, they're not causing problems. So, <laughs> right, it's, it's just a matter if they're getting the food or not. But we've had all the governors, everybody. Uh, what was Clinton like? He was super, very nice. I, I At that time, we still sold, sold cigars, and I knew he was a big cigar fan. So he actually came in, went through the line, got his food. And uh, he's, he just literally said, he's like, hey, I just want to, after I eat, I'll come say hi to everybody. He went, like, table to table, greeted every single customer. He went up to the front, bought about a dozen cigars, and then took off. How cool is that? Yeah, it was awesome.
0: Uh, what about, like, entertainers, celebrities, uh, um, Hollywood types? We
1: used to have, we've had a bunch of actors, like, a lot of the Chico- actors from Chicago come in. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the, the famous comedians we've had, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, we've had Steve Harvey. Well, that, uh, that
0: episode of Comedians in Cars... It's such a trip, right? And on the comedians in cars uh, series, they don't talk about where they're going. You just kind of see the placement of the sign right. and where they are. And as Harvey and Seinfeld are talking, there is the Manny sign right in the middle of them in the back, Right. which I thought was about the most kick-ass product placement imaginable.
1: We got lucky on that one. I guess not lucky. They they want it. They uh, they had called us and like two days before and said, "Hey, we want to film this, and we're we're good with it." And were they cool? Yeah. I mean, we had a good time. One of the Steve Harvey was definitely one of the most generous customers we've ever had. Um, a few blocks from us, there's a homeless mission, mm-hmm. and he was aware that it was there. And when he left, he he sent over a few hundred dollars of the food over there. So that's pretty cool. Super nice. Right, Do we talk about like the the spices in the in the pastrami? Uh, so pastra the different. A lot of people want to know what the difference between corned beef and pastrami is. Mm-hmm. And the both of them start out the same type of meat. They're both brined meat. Mm-hmm. Um, the only difference is is that the pastrami has a, a pepper on the outside of the pepper of the outside of the meat. But our you can basically pastrami or corn any type of beef. Mm-hmm. Um, our corned beef is made of brisket, and then our pastrami um, that we use for the hot sandwich is all navel pastrami, which is like the belly of the cow.
0: I just started in on my Reuben. This is why I keep coming back. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's it's the history, it's it's the life experience. It's those family memories, but oh my god, this corned beef is so good. I think the Reuben is a perfect is the perfect sandwich.
1: I mean, the grilled outside, the melted cheese, the, mm-hmm. the crunch of the sauerkraut. I mean, it's very, and the Thousand Island. The Thousand Island is mm-hmm. is key. I mean, I I I eat the sandwiches with Thousand Island no matter what sandwich
0: it is. Yeah, this is a wonderful, wonderful.
1: Yeah, we make thing. that that in house. The Thousand Island. Yeah. that's amazing. So,
0: how much prep goes into each day? Um, you have so much stuff behind the counter from the 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 hot the hot items and the the beef
1: and everything. Like, our chef actually gets in around midnight. Okay. And See, that's, uh, that's kind of what I what I expected, but start, co- it sounds nuts. They literally start cooking at midnight, and they're constantly cooking throughout the day. But a lot of the meats are like four or five hour cook times. Mm-hmm. So it, you and the volume is big, so you literally have to start cooking at midnight to get the stuff done for for uh, lunchtime. And we actually put all our lunch food out at nine thirty, and we literally start getting customers in for lunch at nine thirty. Oh, I believe that. I believe that.
0: Let's talk about the expansion. When did that start? When It actually
1: started 12 years ago when I first started coming to work full-time, but it took me about nine years to convince my dad to finally do it. And uh, literally, I kept, like, bringing different contractors, and finally we found the right person that we wanted to do the work with. And uh, we, about three years ago, we started, and we, it took us about a year to finish everything. But uh, we, we basically opened up the dining room, brightened it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the same, same-looking feel, but it was just a lot cleaner-looking.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, the cafeteria line is such a distinct thing. You couldn't blow that up. Right. But now you have that separate um, area, the, the actual deli, and we looked at what do you have in there. You've got the various smoked fish.
1: Yeah, we do a lot of like fish and bagels and meats by the pound. Uh, obviously, on the weekends, it's it's busier in that section, but mm-hmm. we do all our catering out of there. So we do a lot of deli trays and, and dairy trays and, and basically, literally trays for every occasion. So we're doing a lot of office stuff during the week and uh, keeping us busy.
0: So I asked you what the hardest part of day-to-day is. What's the
1: best part? Um, the best part is sitting and talking to customers, I would say. I
0: mean, when I walked in, you were sitting at a table. Did you know them or did you just... They're just them?
1: regular customers that come in and, uh, you get to catch up with them, see, see how their week's going. Um, sometimes they haven't been in for a while, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just like to be able to catch up to people and, and know how they're, how they're doing and, and hearing the stories. Oh, I was here with my grandfather. Like I, w- I was... My kids were with me the last time, and hearing about their families is just like, literally, the best part of my day.
0: And Manny's is part of that whole like care package delivery thing, right? For people out of state.
1: So we work with uh, Lumonati's Pizza, and they they own a company that you can send a whole Manny's kit anywhere in the country.
0: Because I'm sure there are plenty of expats <laughs> who, who can't come close to getting something like this where they moved to. Right.
1: We've all, we also started selling a, a few years ago to Costco. And we're we're right now we're still only in the Midwest, but we're in a lot of the Costco's in the Midwest, and you can pick up a, a package of our corned beef and it's the same product that we have here. The same. I had product no idea. Everything. So it's it's great. Like it's a pre-sliced cold uh, deli meat in the in the meat section. I had no idea. What happened at Midway? Well, we we're fortunate enough to have to, to have been in Midway for a while. It's the only reason I flew out of Midway. I hear that from a lot of people. <laughs> keep the hashtag going save, put Manny's back <laughs> but the the city rebid the the airport and a different company th- th- our restaurant in the airport was run by another company mm-hmm. that had a master bid and they they had a lot of the restaurants like the Harry Carey Tuscany's Miller mm-hmm. Pub so a lot of the family owned Chicago restaurants were run by this one group and a different group that was not from Chicago came in and won the bid
0: got it for people who want to come to Manny's who maybe haven't been here for a while the specific address on Jefferson is?
1: 1141 South Jefferson Street. We're at Roosevelt and Jefferson. And Facebook's probably the best place to... Uh, we do Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, at Manny's Deli. And,
0: of course, the website tells the complete story right. and
1: has pictures. com.
0: Awesome. I, I can't thank you enough for doing this. I mean, truly, I, this place is part of my life. It's part of so many people's lives. It's just fun to talk about. I, I can't think of many restaurants in chicago that i didn't want to talk at length about <laughs> i mean so thank you for doing this well thanks for for having me on